Blog Talk Radio. everybody it's sunday evening here on the 29th day of march one of the final days here of march and it is uh the unusual going on right now of course with uh all the things that are happening around the uh the country around the world uh, we're all for the first time dealing with the same thing uh in my 42 years and i've mentioned this before this is a, a, a big big deal uh in many levels in many ways uh, with that being said, I'm Richie. I'm going to be joined here by uh, Coach Eugene here in just a minute. And, of course, uh, we're pumped up. We're excited. We've got a lot to happen today. We've got a lot of guests coming in here, and I've locked and loaded the show up. And we're going to take some phone calls today. We fixed our little situation with the uh, uh, media, if you will. We actually blamed Coach Eugene for blowing up the radio show because until he joined the show, we had no problems. But here he comes in, and special teams bring special things, and why not? So we had to fix some things up, uh, and we'll do that here today. Now, on the guest list here Today, joining us at around 6:12 will be Sockestee's new head coach Ben Hampton. He played his ball over at Coastal Carolina. He also was a head coach, I believe, in the North Carolina area. We'll get some of that from him when he calls in. And now he takes over my alumni, my high school, Sockestee High School, where he'll take on a culture that needs to be renovated, if you will, and uh, some new paint on the walls and some new things that need to happen. Coach Doug Elling, you did a great job at your time there. Uh, but as always, when the new coach comes in, he always wants to take what you did, take it to the next level. We'll talk about that level when we get him in here. Then coming up around 7 o'clock, we're going to stay in the Myrtle Beach area. We'll head over to Coastal Carolina's backyard where Everett Sands, he works with a, a couple of different position players there. He also uh, has his own foundation. We're going to talk to him about that as well as uh, he works with the youth up there in Horry County. We'll kind of get together with him on that we're hoping we were hoping to get with him this summer hopefully that we will get to do that this year but it all depends on what's going on with this COVID-19 situation of course he also was a coach at uh, University of Texas San Antonio before he came back to Coastal before that he was at the University of South Carolina before that he was at NC State oh he played his football right here in the Charleston area at the Citadel so that's kind of a background of our coach Sands that comes in. And then sometime around, let's say, 730, we're going to head, and I'm not even sure where Peshuk is located. I think West Virginia, Virginia, somewhere in that area. But he is a huge producer for uh, multiple shows over there on Sirius XM College Sports. Uh, he's a big-time contributor here to, of course, uh, Southern Sports Central. Peshuk will join us at 730. We may get a guest join us around 630. I have it open. If not, you can call in. You can hang out. It's, the number to call in is 323 323- Seven eight four nine six eight one. Without further ado, I'm going to go and bring in uh, Coach Eugene Benton. Coach, of course, uh, in the off season, he gets to hang out on the microphone with me. During the season, he hangs out with those guys over at Oceanside, and he is repping the Oceanside football shirt here tonight. Got a little bit of heat because he was in the studio last week, and he tried on some Somerville swag. And man, uh, not sure if you're allowed to go back on that side of the river. Yeah, I went back over there over there this morning. Um, I did get a I did get a lot of heat on that. People were sending. <laughs> Does that mean you're leaving? Yeah. No, 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 no. You don't understand. That was actually Coach McKissick's uh, uh, jacket, and I was honored to actually put that on and wear the hat. Having lived here for many, many years, um, a couple houses down from Coach McKissick, um, you know, my uh, older stepchildren played football um, in the Somerville area. The kids, we had three, three boys who wrestled for Somerville's takedown club. So the green and yellow were just, uh, it's always been, you know, part of the heart, but. My, my, the rest of my heart to 
big part of my heart still at Oceanside always will be. It's my first real job. And so uh, I made sure to rep the, the pants, the shorts, the everything <laughs> I could today, and then get on a conference call with some of our uh, um, coaches that are still on staff just to, to show them that, you know, that was, that was a one-time thing putting on the green and yellow. Ah, well, you know, there it is. It's the off season. So we're doing some different things. And that being said, you know, I, I understand it. And I've really done a, a, a job this week of kind of following up and keeping in touch with not just the athletes of Somerville. We talked to some Oceanside kids uh, as well. We also talked to Wando. I've talked to, I'm trying to think, James Island, everybody here in the Lowe country, a couple of Fort Dorchester children, uh, kids and have checked in with me. It's just been a, uh, a, a different for these young men who are trying to get ready for what might be uh, a, a delay in the season of 2020 coming up here. And, and I hate to say it here on the air, but again, Kirk Curb Street mentioned it earlier this week. That's something that, you know, the realization is that they're missing out of practice right now. This is usually when spring ball is happening and things are going on. But this to me, let me tell you guys, listening wherever you are, character right now is being shown. Whatever you're doing when nobody's watching will be told when you come back to whatever field it is that you're going to get on. And I do feel bad for you, but not nearly as bad as I feel bad for the spring sports, the, uh, girls and boys, because track and field is no longer probably going to be played in 2020 now in the 2019-2020 season. Of course, soccer is part of that conversation. Uh, baseball, softball, just so lacrosse. many different sports. Lacrosse is big. There's, there's just so many that while we're already anticipating not getting the season the way we want it in football, let's take a moment to recognize these seniors that will never get a chance to play with their teammates ever again. And for the guys and girls who could have had a come out season, a senior season to remember where a scholarship could have been attached to it, that may or may not even happen now. So it's a lot bigger than I think we think coach. Yeah. And, and especially for the kids over at Oceanside, since I know so that so many of them and I know their parents and, you know, we just followed their careers. I've seen them, you know, come up through the middle school teams and things like that. And some of these guys, you know, Oceanside at one time or, or was when we shut it down was ranked either number one, number two in this. You know, we were in the state championship last year and lost to a very good uh, team from, from the upstate, you know, and those guys had, you know, revenge, you know, or, right. or, or, or we're going to end it out. We get one last chance to win that state title. We were so close, right. Put in all the work, put in all the work, you know, and for those seniors and it's quite a few of them, you know, now they don't get that chance. They don't get that chance. So their last taste mm-hmm. is losing that state title game when they know it wasn't due to injury or anything else that they don't, they don't get another chance to compete. And, you know, for a lot of them, you know, that's their last time to showcase, maybe get a college recruiter or somebody to a game or a playoff game or whatnot. The opportunities aren't going to be there. So now, you know, like we were talking about last week, they have to live on the film. They have to live on what they did last year. Right. Even though they may have trained and become a little bit better. Maybe they got a little bit bigger. Maybe they committed to the weight room. Maybe there's another lesson in life to guys who are, you know, sophomores or juniors or even freshmen commit to the weight room now because you might not have a year four. That's right. Know. Yeah. And I talked to a, a parent yesterday over at Ashley Ridge. His parent reached out to me yesterday. We were talking about what his kid needs to be doing and things like that. And, you know, it's funny. Sertoma's a really big football league here in Somerville, the youth program. They kind of run them through that system. And so, you know, you always think of the final days at Sertoma and they're thinking, well, I still have four more years. And, and well, this is finally that fourth year for the seniors that are here. And next year is that, that for them. But, for a lot of these kids, they're not going to college to play sports. They may right. go to college, but they might not be playing the sports that they like. They might do an mural. They might do something different. But as far as an, on a collegiate level, you know, like I had the opportunity and a blessing to do, that, that's not for them. And they knew that before the season started. That's why they knew, hey, look, I need to have fun. I want to get out here and do some big things. 
And you know what? Cinderella stories are made all year long, every day. That's what sports is all about, is that special team, that special kid, that special opportunity. It's not going to happen. And I do go out, my heart goes out to the seniors who this is an unprecedented. I mean, you came in in, in 9-11. My God, you were already marked when you got here. And here you are graduating with this COVID-19 thing. So I believe me, if anybody at any class can get through anything, it will be this class right here. And I do send out, you know, all the, all the prayers and the heart warm hugs and all that good stuff. As I keep my distance, by the way, there is a six foot <laughs> rule. So that being said, you know, I will say this, but on the other side of this guys, social media is your best friend or your worst enemy. I have spent numerous times this week watching Snapchat, watching Instagram, watching Facebook, Twitter. I, I, I mean, I can say her name about two or three other ones where I'm seeing athletes that are in high school participating in events that, quite frankly, they should not be participating in. Let me explain something to you. Character. I said it at the beginning. I'm going to say it throughout this show because it's something that I think we're lacking right now because of the, I guess, uncomfortable, not it, things aren't normal. But the one thing that is going to be consistent is what you do on Facebook, what you do on social media, it is for everybody to see. That's fine that you want to hang out with your buddies, but do not partake in extra activities, right? You're not old enough to drink beer. Drugs are illegal. Whatever you push, you post. I hope that you're understanding you're going to be held accountable for it. And if I see it or anybody on my staff sees it, we will report that to your coach. That's our job because, to me, I would rather save you now than worry about you later. Here's the thing, guys. Understand how many college recruiters are watching you right now because they know that right now you're at the most uncomfortable position you can be in. And trust me, for you seniors and juniors, guess what you're getting? You're kind of getting a heads up of what college is all about. When I went to college and played sports, they gave me assignments, and they could have cared less whether I graduated or not because they already had my money. They told me what to do. I either did it or I didn't do it. If I didn't do it, I didn't pass. At least you guys have an opportunity. Just do it. And I was told this on Saturday by a handful of uh, different teachers that I had a conversation with and some other administrators. Just do the work. Let the system take care of itself. Do the best you can do, and let's work this thing out. Because we understand, and they understand, that you're not used to being homeschooled. But these teachers aren't used to being homeschooled teachers either. So there's going to be a lot of give or take here. One of the things you're talking about, the college recruiters are sitting around. Well, college recruiters right now, the college coaches, they're not coaching spring practice. So they have a lot of more time on their hands, too. They're probably on social media yeah. looking for dudes because they're realizing, you know, certain sports, they may not have film. You know, there's no guarantee we're going to have football in the fall. We don't know that yet. However, these guys are sitting around. They're, right now, they would be doing film, player evaluations, moving guys around, going to high schools for spring practice, coming up soon for spring evaluations. You know, just got through junior days, probably watching film. They're not doing that now. So nope. they're probably on social media. Watching. Looking at you, so <laughs> Watching at you, yep. All right, so we got to go to break. Coming up uh, from the break, we will be joined by, of course, uh, that same coach I just talked about over there at Sockasee High School. He's going to be the new head ball coach kicking off in August. His name is Ben Hampton. He played his days at Coastal Carolina, was a head coach over there in the state of North Carolina. But we'll get him in here after this. You're listening to Southern Sports Central right here on Blog Talk Radio, southernsportscentral.com, and Facebook. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Elman alongside the coach. Coach Bitten here with us as we are live on southernsportcentral.com, blog talk radio, as well as Facebook. We're getting this thing up and running. Without further ado, I'm going to tap him in here. I believe he's on the Grand Strand, but we're going to find out where 
Sockasee's new head coach, Coach Ben Hampton, as he makes his uh, way back to the uh, Grand Strand. He played his college days over at Coastal Carolina. We welcome in here for the first time of many. He's now my alumni over at Sockasee High School. Coach, welcome to Southern Sports Central. Thank you, Richie. Glad to be here. Uh, excited to get started, and uh, hopefully, you know, we'll get some uh, some calmer days are, are in the near future, and uh, and we can hit the ground running. Well, I tell you, it's exciting to get you in here. Of course, uh, you know, I reached out to you a, a couple times, and for you to just to take the time, I know there's a lot of family things going on, and everybody's kind of stir crazy a little bit. It's kind of like a hurricane, but with power, if you will. So that's, I guess, the upside of this whole thing. But the nervous part of this is, uh, and, I, and I saw your interview. Uh, today on social media with one of the TV stations up there. They did a great job just interviewing you and asking you the right questions. But uh, how hard is it for you to come in? And there's been about 17 new head coaches here in Charleston. And I know up there on the Grand Strand, there's a couple as well. But with that being said, how hard has it been for you to take this role? And now they put the brakes on you and you really kind of have your hands tied. Well, Richie, you know, um, you know the, well, just to speak on, on, on what you said earlier, you know, the upside is, and I think people will appreciate this once we get in the clear and, and, and uh, the, the restrictions are lifted a little bit. But this is giving people quality time with their families that, that a lot of people oftentimes don't take the time to to uh, to capitalize on, uh, especially us in the coaching profession. You know, a lot of times we're, we're straightforward on what we've got to do and, and the task ahead. And so it's giving people time to be with their families and, and really understand what's important and, and, and you know, uh, and put those things first in their life. But, um as far as as far as the being in soccer state, you know, my 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 first official day on the job is April, scheduled to be April one anyway. Um, I had the opportunity to kind of go back and forth for over the past couple of weeks, and I met with coaches and staff members, and got to meet quite a few of the kids, and so they know what they know what lies in store, and and we're going to kind of capitalize like a you know I said yesterday, we're going to try to work backwards. We're going to capitalize on the mental game mental game first and we're going to do some zoom interview or zoom meetings and 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 work through huddle some and and really attack the mental aspect of the game and then when we get the opportunity to get outside and and get together as a team and as a family th- then we'll take advantage of that but this really gives us an opportunity to hone in on the x's and o's and, and the culture we want to build and kind of lay that foundation first Live right now with the new head coach over at Sockasee high school up there on the grand strand in myrtle beach south carolina zone Ben Hampton, Coach, uh, tell us a little bit about the road from your college days to your high school where you were just coming from and now here and what landed you and your family back there on the Grand Strand. Well, i tell you, you know, I came down the Coastal in 2002. We started a program down there. Uh, you know, I was I was one of the uh, of the first few that were the central hub of the team. We came in together as, as true freshmen. Uh, you know, a lot of guys came from other schools uh, to capitalize on trying to build a program. And uh, under Coach Bennett's leadership, we were able to, in those first four seasons of playing ball, win three conference championships and be the first school ever from the what was the Southern Conference at that point in time. I mean, I'm well, sorry, what was the Big South? We were the first team to receive a automatic bid to the playoffs. Um, you know, loved the area, enjoyed the beach, just loved the football down there. Came back home. I've been here for 13 years. I've been at North Orlando the past eight. And, uh, you know, been a part of building programs and rebuilding programs. And, you know, I wanted to get back to the area ever since I left. New Sockasee uh, had come open and, uh, and thought it would be a great challenge and a great opportunity for me and my family. Live right now, the new head coach here at Sockasee High School, the Braves, as they have welcomed in Coach Ben Hampton 
Uh, and I've had an opportunity to talk to a lot of the uh, the athletes over there. I keep a close eye on those guys. Growing up at Surfside, and back then we didn't have St. James. We only had Socasty, so that was where I went to school for the four years there. Coach, uh, your your new boss is going to be Coach Renfro. Uh, he was my high school baseball coach from eighth grade on varsity until he decided to become the athletic director. But uh, I, I can tell you, you won't find uh, one of the best guys that I, I've had a chance to be around. And a lot of things even today that I do, I can still hear – uh, you know, he might be, not be the tallest guy, but he's got the most stern voice I think I've ever heard uh, coming down the hallway uh, when it comes to certain things. But I'm excited to bring you in here. You're, you're, you're younger. You're coming in with this new enthusiasm. You have this, uh, this mindset about you that, of course, I've asked a lot of people up North Carolina that have a lot of respect for you. Uh, Hunter Spivey, by the way, uh, was the offensive coordinator for the last couple of years at Sockesty. Uh He spoke highly of you. And there's a handful of other individuals in this profession that just said, man, Sockasty's getting a baller, and that's what we need over there. Uh, and I'm excited for you because I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of young guys over there that are sitting in the hallways, walking these hallways, and I'm sure you've seen it already. We just got to find a way to get out of my hallway, get them down there on the football field, and, and I'm sure there's a few upgrades that you'd like to see be uh, done around the facilities as well, Coach. Oh, yes, without a doubt. You know, we're going to beat the hallways. We're going to knock on doors. You know, I ask these guys, give me one year. If you're a basketball guy, if you're a baseball guy, whatever you are, let me share you with your other sport for one year, and if I can't change your mind on what football can do for you, then I haven't done my job. But, uh, you know, Coach Spivey's a great guy. I loved him. You know, he was part of the program at Coastal when I was there, and Coach Renfro has just welcomed me with open arms. Uh, you know, like you said, he might not be the tallest, but the stature he has in that community and the respect for, for that man uh, says a lot about him. And, uh, you know, everybody at Sox has been great so far. I get messages on a daily basis uh, welcoming me, asking if there's anything I need them to do until I can get down there full-time. So excited about the opportunity, excited to be joining a community like Sockasty, and, uh, you know, we'll see what the future holds. No doubt about it. And I want to welcome you personally as an alumni, of course, Southern Sports Central. This is a hub for, you know, that's my yard. I don't care wherever I go. I do the radio broadcast for Somerville on Friday nights, uh, and that's, you know, and I've, I've been doing this about 2011. However, you know, you, you don't ever forget where you came from. And for me, that's Sockasty. And I kind of take a, I take a little bit more personal when it comes to my guys up there on the Grand Strand, the Kenny Solomons, of course, now that he's hanging out over there doing his thing. And then you got Hunter Ellings, a base quarterback. He played football over there uh, at, at Sockasty. But now he's at Charleston Southern. But we've got ballers all over the place. And you just don't hear about them as much because that's not Myrtle Beach or, or maybe what have you. But anything we can do here at Southern Sports Central, Coach, we'd love to. I know we're going to make a trip uh, for one game this year. I'm not sure which one it is. It would be an off weekend for Somerville. I always come back home and, and watch you guys play and, and you know just kind of hang out on the sideline down there with Coach Renfro. And Jason, the, uh, the, the, the trainer, of course, on staff over there with you as well. You couldn't have a better trainer than the one you're getting as well, by the way. Jason does a great job with those athletes. And uh, I'm just excited, man. I couldn't uh, – I couldn't – believe it when everybody started telling me about you i said that's what we needed of course i gotta ask you though how much has coach bennett's i guess coaching that you were that you got to learn from as a player have you taken into the next level as a coach now and i've got to ask you about that be more like a dog than a cat i mean tell us a little bit about that i that's just one of the throwback conversations well i mean that's you know that's coach bennett for you in a nutshell he's a above a football coach he's a great mentor he, he, he's, he's a great family man, a Christian, and, and, you know, he put forth and laid the groundwork for a lot of guys that, that played with me down at Coastal that are now coaching 
especially in the state of South Carolina. You know, uh, Perry Parks, my roommate, who's at Ridgeview High School, Andres Perkins, who uh, I believe is with Coach Jenner at uh, West Florence, um, a couple other guys, Adrian Grady. You know, uh, we've got guys all over the state of South Carolina that are coaching, and I think Coach Bennett had a big part to play with that. You know, we all played for other coaches who were great mentors as well and, and great football minds, but Coach Bennett kind of put it all together. You know, he not only took the X's and O's, but he took the family aspect and, and built a foundation. And, you know, we, we, our, our kind of our thing down there was family and, and starting a tradition. And, and, you know, that's what all of us guys are just trying to, you know, we're trying to uphold his legacy in, in, in what we do on a daily basis for the youth, uh, you know, because that's what it's about. Ultimately, it's about seeing these kids, setting them up for success in their future endeavors. Uh, hopefully that's a football career and an academic career in college, but at the least an academic career in college. And so, you know, the influence he's had on myself, not only myself, but many other teammates that I had at Coastal is, uh, you know, I don't think you can put it into words, but just a great guy, uh, great human being, great football coach. And, and you know, uh, a lot of us owe our successes in the business to to what he uh he, he developed into us when we were there at college. Well, Coach, again, we're excited to have you part of the Southern Sports Central family here. We're going to be expecting to hopefully talk to you at least, if not a couple of times a month, you know, maybe more. But uh, just keep us up to date. Anything that you would like to get out to these players who are listening, because I do have a very strong listening base up there on the Grand Strand. Being from there, these guys support each other as best as anybody. And I know there's a lot of Soxty fans out there listening right now. Give us a message, man. What's the mission? What's the vision? And, and what do you want these players to hear right now that they need to be doing while you're not watching them, Coach? Well, you know, I, this is going to be a telling time for a lot of high school football teams across the nation, not only in South Carolina, but what are these kids willing to do? How invested are they in the game while nobody's looking? Because it's really going to be telling. When we, when we finally do get back on that football field, whether it be – June, May, uh, or even later in the summer, you know, it's gonna. What's gonna come to light is what you've done when no one's looking, and and we're gonna come in with a with a new staff and, and a new mindset. We're gonna try to make a splash in in Ovi County and 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 in the region, and uh, you know, we're gonna fly around to the football. We're gonna be very intense and electrified, and uh, and we'll put a show for you. Greatly appreciate the time. I'm gonna catch up with you off the air sometime this week. I'll shoot you a text with my name and all that good stuff as well, but. Again, welcome to the Grand Strand, you and your family. Anything that we can do for you, inbox me directly. Uh, you know, I'm here for you. Anything I can do for your athletes. I do want to get your athletes in here at least once a week. That's what we do as well. We highlight athletes on this show. I like to get that kind of yeah, in, you know, the interview process out of the way. That way when they go to the next level or if it's just to go to a job interview, the nervousness is out of the way. You can do the stuff on the field, and I'll help you with anything I can off the field, Coach. And as always, uh, thanks for being a part of what we do here at Southern Sports Central. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. You have a good one. All right. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. The new head ball coach over there at Sockesty High School. That is head coach Ben Hampton. We're glad to have him on the Grand Strand. Him and his family, of course, uh, bringing us to the next level. I can tell you one thing. Sockesty Strong is definitely something that he'll end up getting into. And I can promise you he's got his work cut out. But every new coach taking over a new program, that's always the story. But I can tell you the stories I've heard from Mr. Parks that he talked about. All the way from, of course, uh, Hunter Spivey and a handful of other coaches have spoke extremely highly about this individual. So we're excited to have him part of the family and up there on the Grand Strand. We've got to go to a break coming up. we got a caller. Hold on tight. Coming to you next. This is Southern Sports Central Live right here on southernsportscentral.com.
beer joint in a fancy bar. I'm a little more sitting up high on the road than a little old car. I'm a little more bust your back than take it for free. And that's how I'll always be. I'm a little more lose my temper than to sit on back. I'm a little more old Hank Williams than that trendy crack. I love a flatfoot old front porch made of an old, old that's how I'll always be I'll always be a fan of old stray dogs and guitars playing Wonder who's church is back road walking Front porch swinging The sunset sky's fun by night I love the simple thing That's how I'll always be I got friends that say I live a Cars and motorcycles, raising hill and cowboy boots. Hey, on a Sunday morning, I'll take the back row seat. That's how I'll always be. Everybody, I'm Rich Yellman, alongside the coach, Coach Benton, all the way from Oceanside Academy over there, hanging out with us here in Somerville. We're uh, here actually uh, in the studio as we have, uh, we're, we're about eight feet away, so we're good. We, we've kind of uh, put in, uh, a little distance between the two of us. Is I'll go ahead and bring you in, uh, Coach, and uh, always good to get the coaches in here and, and have, you know, another side of a, of a conversation. And it's interesting because I have this conversation a lot of times with a lot of coaches I watched for Somerville, I've watched every play on every down on everything that happens on that football field. When the offensive coordinator's team comes off the field, he goes where? Under the tent, watching film. When the defensive coach comes off the field, what does he do? Under the fence or under the tent, watching film. And coach, I don't know what you do. And you're, <laughs> you guys are over there making photo shots. I mean, the, the kickers and punters, let's be honest though. Kickers and punters are like, 
they're, they're part of the entertainment of, of practice and, and definitely during the game. It's, it's an interesting conversation. Yeah, and, and you've been to our practice before, how it becomes entertainment. Um, sure. You know, we put them under some pressure in some very uncomfortable situations that involve the whole team, coaches and staff and trainers and everyone else. Um, yet, not really. Uh, we usually, for, for example, for a varsity game, we would bring in, uh, I usually bring in my JV guys, and they have a clipboard as well. You know, we're charting everything from hang time and distance to speed and, and you know, some of the other things involved with that. Um, yeah, it, it's a different animal. You know, uh, when Coach Career handed me the reins in it, he said, look, man, this is your job. You go do that. I don't know anything about them. And they're all head cases. And I love them. <laughs> and I'll support them. But, you know, I'm not dealing with those guys. <laughs> and uh, now he does. And he and he loved and supported them. But, um, you know, and, and some of the funny stories, man, I'll, I'll never forget we were in field goal practice. And I had a freshman kicker kick one, and it hit the center right square in the back as soon as he stood up. And our offensive line coach looked at him and said, look, man, you ever do that again, I may not protect you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, and you should have seen the look on his face. The whole point was, you know, I, I tried to find ways to add pressure. The guys are bored. You know, they're they're sitting around. You know, they're used to Coach Gates wearing them out in the weight room. Um you know, we would go – I would ride with them in the car up to Coles training in Columbia, and they would just tell me, Coach, man, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to be able to perform this week, man. Coach Gates was killing my legs all week. So this week, early on the week, they sent me in a group text. and said, Coach, we want to have a little competition on Sunday. We want you to come watch. I mean, as you know, I can't coach them at this time of the year. Right. But I can go watch and sit with parents. And, right. I was, and they said, but, you know, give us some give us some clues or give us some ideas of some things to compete and something to do. So um, I was able to put together – you know, a series of, of punts and kickoffs. And, right. you know, we had long balls, this, that, and the other. And then, you know, to ma- make it fun, we lined up on, had, uh, you know, I told them, I said, you get each, get two balls from the left and right. Actually, on the goal line, about where the pylon is, and the goal is to hit the upright. So your target is a four-inch wide upright. And uh, actually, you know, I, I was so proud of these guys, that actually went to sudden death. Not sudden death because someone missed, because they all hit goalposts. And so it was so fun to sit there and watch, you know, and I'm on my phone taking notes, watching these dudes out there do it, you know, and they're like, Coach, what do you think, you know? You know, and, uh, you know, it's tough because you really, really miss hands-on coaching. You're sitting there with parents, and, you know, every every parent, I'm sure, is a coach, or or they have some input about how you should be coaching, (laughs) or or who should be starting at least, you know, and and you're sitting with sidelines. And and, and I actually had to – and a fortunate slash unfortunate experience of sitting on the sideline with a parent during a game where one of my kickers was competing and that parent said they would never sit with me again. <laughs> so, you know, that's not the first time, nor would that be the last time yeah. I told you that, by the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't even want to sit by me now. You know, I walk in, you say, yeah, get, get out the tape measure, man. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so it's such a challenge right now because sure. we're all itching to get outside and, you know, Charleston, we've had some beautiful weather the past few days. 94 today. 93 in Somerville. It's hit somewhere around there today. Well, and which is weird, though, because we do have a caller, and I'm coming to you uh, in, in a minute, Brian. I think that's We know who that is. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to bring you in. We're just getting you built up so we can, uh, you know, kind of let the let it explode when you come in here with us. But but here's the thing. It, it was interesting because yesterday, Folly Beach opened the gates. 
Have you ever seen? You ever opened up a chicken coop and you see all these chickens come running oh, out? Oh, and the feathers are flying oh, everywhere. They yeah. were everywhere. They were all over Folly Beach, man. Of course, all the, the, and then the they homeowners. Shut the gate. Well, they shut the gate. <laughs> well, some of them got caught. Some of them didn't get caught. And of course, in Myrtle Beach, they wrote like twenty-three tickets this morning before wow. one o'clock because they didn't keep that distance thing. And it's hard because here's the thing: we've been cooped up. It's hard to to understand that. And I saw some things that looked like Singapore because they had one of those little Singapore sticks, man. They were beating them as they were oh, coming out of this little flogging. House. The flogging, yeah. And that's where we're heading. If we don't oh. figure this thing out, man, there's going to be some flogging going on. So <laughs> uh, let's get it together. Let's uh, head over now, of course, to the uh, to the Matt's Burgers Hotlines, of course, hanging out over here with us. Uh, Brian, I believe he's hanging out over man. there in uh, Mount P. Brian, what's up, buddy? Not much, guys. Can you all hear me? I got you clear. Go ahead. Near you. Hey, I got to say, Richie, I don't know if you remember me or not, but uh, I do the, the broadcast for Oceanside. You and I did the, the play with uh, Barnwell, and it was awesome. You having your staff guy there, it was awesome. And having Eugene, Eugene's an awesome guy as a kicker, kicking coach at Oceanside. I'm telling you, he's put us on the map, and uh, sure. it's greatness just to hear you guys, you guys uh, talking together. Nah, man, it's, it's it's fun to have some some Oceanside love up in here. I know you guys are going through a transition, and of course, uh, you know, I, of course, I remember you. You know, you're uh, you're one of the many uh, stand up gentlemen on that <laughs> side of the river, of course. But uh, now nah, we enjoyed it. Me and my group getting a chance to go up there to Barnwell. We didn't get the the outcome that you guys wanted. Of course, we didn't want it either. But we saw some talent over there on the other side with uh, a couple of other big time players and uh, some quarterback play over there from the other guys. But the crowd that they had, man, the atmosphere that Barnwell brings is like small ball football. But that's what I remember growing up, and the stands were packed. You could smell the concession stand. You just really felt like Friday night lights. And, and to me, I think, unfortunately, when you start getting 5A football and even some 4A football, it, it gets lost in translation. But the smaller you go, the towns are smaller. So they don't have anything else to do. You know I mean? Usually the stores are closing at 6. they got nothing else to do. They head over to Barnwell Stadium, and uh, the horses start crowing, and, and boy, it whoa, becomes whoa, a long whoa, night. Whoa, 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 whoa. we got to make it. It was a long night. The war horses. Is that what they Wah horses? What are Wah, horses. Wah horses. Yeah. We Wah. were told that all week. <laughs> really? Brian, we were told that all week. It is not war horses. Uh, what are they? Wah horses. Wah horses. Yeah. That's just because they're in the country. <laughs> but you have to speak in the local dialect. Well, that's fine. We, we were the visiting team. Yes, it was Burnwell. Yeah, Burnwell, yeah. It was Burnwell. That was the one they, they nailed us on was that part. That's all right. Yeah, they were yeah. good, man. Those guys were awesome, dude. They got a lot of talent yeah. up there, and they've been really good, they very did. well coached. And uh, that was the one team we were a little worried about, and uh, they showed up. And uh, I think we uh, came out. We played great. I don't think we played our yeah. best game. But uh, it was a good building point, I thought, for our program. We love Chad, miss Chad. But I guess my kind of question is, who's going to mm-hmm. be our coach? And people are not positive. To me, I'm from Texas, so Texas South Lake Carroll football, where I came from, was 5A ball. When I was there, it was 3A. They won state championships at 3A, 4A, 5A, now 6A. So right. that's what I want to bring to Mount Pleasant, and we don't have that. Right. So who's going to be the Wando coach, and who's going to be the Oceanside coach, and where are we going? How are we going to build this thing bigger? Well, you know what's weird is that the two programs that have been there the longest – are the two teams that don't have a head coach. And the two teams that are the newest, too, they have head coaches, <laughs> athletic directors, and everything. But yeah, yeah, here's the thing. You, you guys have a good headmaster running the program over there. She's going to do a phenomenal job. She's going to go through the process. I, I think we all know the conversations that have been had and who we think may or may not end up over there. Uh, I know you guys have a phenomenal offensive line coach over there who uh, he played yep. at Carolina. He's and a it, game hey, guy. And, he and if he's our head coach, if he's our head coach, that's great. I love Rob. Right. Rob is awesome. The whole coaching good staff guy. is awesome. I don't want sure. I don't want to miss the beat on the whole coaching staff. I think the whole coaching staff is off the chart great. 
I, I agree with you. Now, on the other side of the the, the, the facet, of course, a, a gentleman that's like a brother to me as well, of course, is Joe Call. And I, I would be surprised if Coach Call's, you know, not, not one of the top runners. So if I was the headmaster, and I'm not by no means. I'm just the guy that pushes the green button on the radio station. But for me, it's, it, it's those two. It's a runner between the two. But I can promise you, whoever you get yep. out of those two guys – you're going to come out a winner. Uh, Joe is, is by far a, a, a not only a great man on the field, what he brings to the football game off the field. I mean, this man wears a cross on his wrist. He believes in everything that he says. He's kind of a Dabo Sweeney guy. And if you guys know me, I'm a former Gamecock. I played at South Carolina. I'm a guy that, that you know, usually I wouldn't have said that, but Dabo is, he's a player's coach, man. And he's a man uh, of God. And so he, just like coach, uh, you know, you, you look at coach Joe call Joe at the end of every breakdown meeting at the end of every practice he would tell these boys go home and love your mama that to me is the kind of coach yeah. i want my kid to play for now i've had a chance because it. of you know coach greer on the same aspect coach greer uh he has welcomed me over there since day one and and that's been awesome i got a chance to meet you and, and a lot of those dads over there and a lot of the players have come on the show and of course uh, i sit here with eugene and and got this you know i grew up knowing his you know the two boys there that played in that program uh because you know their dad uh, Big Gerald and I actually played football together at Sacristy, so he was actually one of my blockers back in the day. But all that being said, you, you know I think you guys are in good shape. E- either way, you know I, I think you guys are getting a first class guy. And, and again, you know I'm just excited to see where this program goes because just like what Lou Holtz did at South Carolina, he programmed to a certain degree. Well, then Steve Spurrier comes in and he says, okay, I'm going to take it from that point to the next level. That way, you're not undermining what anybody else has ever done. You're just – that's your job. I mean, you trust me, the guy that takes over for Nick Saban in Alabama, you know, his job, God help him, is going to take it to the next level. And, uh, you know, we'll kind of wait and see. But, you know, I think you guys are in good shape. I know you guys have a lot of guys that are graduating. There's going to be some rebuilding happening uh, this year. And, unfortunately, with the off season and the downtime right now, because nobody can do anything. I mean, that's kind of the hardest part. I mean, like Eugene just said, he can't work with kids, you know, and, and, and trust and believe me. You don't think other high schools aren't watching Oceanside? You guys are always on the map, by the way. And then, but there's other programs that they're watching as well. Somerville's always a team under the microscope because of their success in the past and what Joe actually did in the time he was at Somerville. You know, there's just certain programs. Fort Dorchester gets under that umbrella. What Goose Creek has done here in the Low Country is incredible as well. So, you know, other teams have guys that all they do is go through your social media, watch your coaches to make sure you're not breaking the rules, if you will, because they might not call you out today. But trust and believe me, they'll wait until about, I don't know, September, and they'll say, oh, yeah, by the way, look at this picture. So, you know, it's kind of a tough deal, and, and my hearts go out to, to a lot of you guys because as parents, I mean, you trust the system, right? That's your job is to trust those in, in charge. And right now you're just wanting to know, like you said, who's in charge. But as far as Wando's concerned, I, I have no idea. I mean, I, I really, you know, I, I don't even know who's – I mean, this is crazy. For it to be the largest high school in the state, they're sure taking the longest – to hire a head coach, it's kind yeah. of wild. Yeah, and one of the things about Wando is, Brian, one of the things that we talk about too is, you know, the other thing that's shocking to us is, you know, Wando has these facilities and they're not sharing them yet with Lucy Beckham. Cool. So, you know, everybody's sitting on pins and needles wondering, why is it taking so long? Has someone not applied or, or why is the you know, the application or the interview process so slow? Did they lose someone? You know, it's really baffling when you have that big of a school. You know, you're only – you were the only show in town for 20, 30 years. You know, you had a coach for 12 years, so that shows some longevity. And the new facilities, the brand-new state-of-the-art facilities, probably the best ones in the county, 
and you're having a, you know, you still have a head coach after months. You know, I'm sure those kids are sitting around wondering, you know, like, you know, where's the leadership? But, you know, and, and for our school, you know, obviously I, I, I'm hoping that um, Oceanside makes the choice soon. It, it affects me. Um, and and, and yep. I know it affects you and you guys help me and work with me, your kids. So, you know, we're all sitting on pins and needles and this whole virus thing doesn't help. You know, they had to put off interviews and do this, that and the other. And, you know, our principal um, was was lucky enough to win an election and they were tied up doing county council or I mean, town council stuff last week. You know, it's it's been a challenge. But I think on the other end, you know, this this is the part like you and I and, and our group of dads off the record or off the air have talked about in text messages and, and whatnot is, uh, you know, we just got to put in the work now. We got to push our own kids, you know, just like today with yep. those guys who were like, coach, give us a challenge, man. We want to comp, we want to compete. We want but, you to come but on. here's the thing to that. Though. They, they don't need to lean on you to challenge them. This is where my concern is. That, well, this is where direction on what to do I, to compete. I, I get what you're saying, what but you here's the for? thing. I, what I need you to move out the way, and I need these kids to know that they, they, they've practiced since August <laughs> all the way to November, and they need to know how to pick up barrels and knock them out of the way. They need to know how to hold a ball and kick it 50 yards. They need to know how to throw a pass down the field. Whatever drills they did in September all the way to December, that doesn't mean, you know, why are we waiting? And, and again, I'm not jumping you. Well, I kind of am. But it's okay, though. But that yeah. being said, I'm, yeah. why are we waiting? Why are they waiting for coaches to coach them? I mean, that's a problem I've got everywhere. It's not just – I'm not just picking on your well, guys, man. I'm just saying – in general, Rich, this is what's this is what's cool about some of these Oceanside dads. We call them sure. the Post dads. There's a lot of them out there. I want to say other names, but my crew. We're doing the work. We 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 all right. we all played little college ball. We all played in big time programs. A lot of us won state championships in our back in our day. But so now we're like we're dads. So we just want right. to work out. So we are doing side work. We're doing the, the little onside stuff that no one knows about. We're doing little group things with under you know three four guys. We're doing the speed work. We're doing the weightlifting on the side, but we just want to get back to work. And I want to keep these coaches together. That's the main thing. But, and I think that's – no matter who's who's in charge of that staff over there, Brian, I don't think – whether it be A or B, and, again, I don't know. There could be 50,000 other guys, but I just know personally, Joe, and I know personally your offensive line guy, and he's he's a stand-up dude, and either one of them would be first class to me. I, I I'm agree. excited about both of them. And, and hopefully, no matter what, they can find a way to work together at the end of the day because to have those two guys on the staff with the history that those two guys have and the resume those two guys bring together, I mean, it's just incredible. And, and, and you know, I hated to see Joe leave. Uh, you know, I've been around Somerville since 2011. We used to do TV here, and then they realized I had a better face for radio, so I moved over to the other booth. But thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Coach McKenzie, yeah, we're I, not doing TV anymore. We're doing radio. People aren't coming. <laughs> And I know I've heard nothing but great then. things about uh, hearing only great things about Joe Call, which is awesome. And I think that's yeah. a great situation. There's a lot of people here. He's only with the Citadel, and maybe he can help us out with the stadium a little bit there too. I just want to keep our coaching staff together. That's my main yeah. thing. Our kids and, and I don't keep think everybody that's a together. Concern. We got a good thing. Yeah, Joe's a family guy, man, and and that's the thing you're going to get. You're going to get a guy that appreciates family. He's going to expect to work, but the one thing Dabo Sweeney says, and and, and I think Joe and I can agree and any other head coach that's successful can agree, and I'm going to say something to everybody. When it comes to Joe Call, when he left Somerville, he left Somerville in really good shape. Somerville is in a really good place right now. Uh, Coach Rafferty's the new head coach over there. He's going to do great things. He played at Somerville. He went to NC State, went into the league, played in the NFL, was over there with – you know, Fort Dorchester for a long time, won some state championship rings, uh, did some things. So we're excited to have him back up and here back home, if you will. But that being said, you know, Joe Call every year won one more game than the year before. All right. Now, he won last year with a lot of young kids. Now, 
if you look at the grade-wise, we had a lot of seniors, but they had not been on the field. They had stood on the sideline because we had three-year starters. Very similar to a lot of programs. So we'll kind of wait and see what happens. But on the other side, you got a guy that's on the staff that knows all the offensive line as well. So, and he knows the entire staff. He knows all the parents and the players. So I wouldn't want to be the headmaster, that's for sure. One thing I'm going to say for, for the guy on staff is that, you know, when everybody points to, why can't sure. you win at Wando and, you know, when when we were all came in year one with Coach Greer, it was Mount Pleasant Soft. That's what we heard. Yep. Right. That guy that, that guy that's applying for the head job right now, mm-hmm. I've seen him nearly eat kids, and I've seen him in yep. tears. It, motivating guys in the playoffs about, suck it up, man, let's he's been go. There. He's been there. And he's coaching college, he's coaching high school. One of the, one of the times, the first time I ever saw that man come out of his shell – because he was, he was this big, tough guy who always had this beautiful smile, man. I love Coach Rivals. We could sit on the phone and talk for hours at the time. The first time I saw him come out of his shell, he went through the offensive line or through the defensive line right. to get at my stepson. And I could hear it from across the field. Is that for Ronald or is he yeah, going after Ronald? Oh, God. <laughs> and I was like, wow. You know, and everybody's yeah. like, man, I thought Coach Rivals was just going to eat your, hit your, your son. Yeah. And, you know, and, man – that dude, he will do anything for you. But one of the things that he yeah, – We love uh, – on behalf of everybody in Mount Pleasant, we love Coach yeah. Gates. Yeah, like I said, him, Coach Gates. Yeah, him, Coach Gates, these others. But, you know, one of yep. the biggest stigmas when sense. we came in to this – we came in in year one was right. Mount Pleasant Soft, the rich right. white yep. kids. And I'll tell you, when we, 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 we lined were, up against Andrews at Andrews this year – Right. It was 44 degrees and raining. Mm-hmm. We had just been stripped of four wins. We were called cheaters. There were people lined up down the fence, and they were a one seed, and there were people lined up down the fence. Well, and realistically, now, now realistically, y'all were one seeds as well. I get it, but okay. we came yeah. in because right. we had to play at a one seed. I get it. 44 degrees. It was raining. Our boys got behind right. Coach Gates and these other guys. Right. Our kids warmed up with no shirts on, no pads, nothing. And they were just standing there looking across the fence at these people calling them cheaters, you know. And they were the cheaters. Mount Pleasant soft kids. And we went right, out, right. right? And we and we went out. We we punched them right in the mouth. Right. We won that game. We could have won that game by more than thirty that we did. Well, I, and, and you know, and, and to say this, and, I, and I'm going to tell you because I'm, I'm close to Coach Durham over there at Andrews. I'm close to Coach Chad, and, and and it wasn't fair for either one of these programs to have to go oh, against two number one seeds. And so, so I understand Coach Durham's point on that. So that being said, I'm going to say something. When it comes to Mount Pleasant, they've changed the culture, not just at, at Oceanside. You know, I know Oceanside and Wando is kind of the Hatfield McCoys, but how about Wando, man? Wando went 8-3. You'd have never known they went 8-3, and they beat some teams this year. They had some ballers over there. So whoever takes over Jimmy Noonan's job, who, by the way, is at Georgetown now, is getting a bunch of dudes who now believe that they can beat. They drugs. I mean, I, oh, yeah. it's what it is. Somerville, I was there. That was the longest game I've done. In, in a long time. And I think that was part of the anger that was built up from Coach Noonan towards right. resentment towards Oceanside. This was supposed to be the year for Wando. Sure. If you look at the Wando senior class and the Oceanside senior class, I remember when they were in seventh grade, eighth grade, middle school ball, and they were on the traveling all-star team representing Mount Pleasant. Right. We were destroying teams like Dillon, right. perennial state power. And the kids from Mount Pleasant were just destroying them. But looking back, you know, we as parents had begged Coach Noonan to get involved, to get involved, and he never did. And so some of us who later, you know, my kids, stepkids both started at Wando and then transferred over to Oceanside. 
And in, in the part of it was, you know, finding a home for you. But back then, he had the keys to the kingdom. But this class, this 2020 class in Mount Pleasant had a ton of talent. If you had the seniors from Wando and the seniors from Oceanside on the team, and, and you know, with the, some of the juniors and some of the sophomores, the talented sophomores sprinkled in, mm-hmm. it would have been more than eight and three for a team, I think. No, they, they were ballers. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I, I think that they definitely achieved what they thought more. Will Pickering's one of my favorite dudes. Exactly. That he, is he a was dude. one of Ronald's good Holy moly, dude. This up. kid, he lit up some cats, man. And this kid, now he's going to go play some college ball. And I'm a big fan. He's come on the show a lot. I've had the running back on. I've had a couple of the quarterbacks. He's jumping here as well. Uh, Brian, man, we're up against a break here in a minute, man. But anytime you or those guys over there at Oceanside want to either, A, you want to make the trip up to Somerville and hang out and bring it. We'll do a potluck here in the studio. And uh, we'll do some eating, and then we'll come on the air, and we'll talk about whatever, you know, recipe you guys have. We can make a little segment about eating. That's cool. I'm good with that. But whatever we can do to help you guys over there with this transition, you know, as always, for the last three years, I think you guys have realized that, you know, hey, we're, we're with you guys along the way. Hey, Richie, I just want to do another show with you, buddy. It was awesome. <laughs> hey, man, anytime, dude. I got three or four mics and uh only two of them being used right now man so come on up hang out we'll knock this thing out buddy we'll get after you let's get some football going on guys be awesome y'all take care you got all right buddy there you go ladies and gentlemen that's one of the dads over there at oceanside uh brian is a great dude and i've had a chance of talking to him and he does by the way i'm getting him some love he's one of the voices of uh, oceanside football he's one of the uh voices of the land sharks over there and uh, he and another gentleman, they do a great job bringing it to you. And for you guys that think all we do is we show up and show out, and that's just how it happens, that's a lie. <laughs> it takes a lot more than that, brother. I get up on a Saturday. I don't do a whole lot. Sometimes I'll go watch a Little League football or something. But come Sunday night, I'm already on the phone. I'm already in my computer. I'm already looking at stats from who Somerville is and where they're going or who they're playing. I mean, I'm already reaching out and – I've already scheduled a visit on another campus to where they're going. I mean, even Coach LaPrade, who I'm going to tell you, you wear that green, you don't go on to the, the property <laughs> at, at Fort Dorchester. But not only have I been at the property, I've been in the office over there with Coach LaPrade and his family. And, you know, that speaks volumes of, of, of how he sees you. When he lets a Somerville guy go in there and, and have these conversations, and, and, and it's just been an honor. And, and one of the many things I love about Southern Sports Central and, Again, I've had so many people that, you know, have come at me on, on social media at times and said, Rich, what are you going to talk about? Well, there's always something to go on. We can talk about, you know, numerous things. But what we have to do is sometimes break away from the normal, whatever that may be. Quit talking about the coronavirus. It's going to be there when we get off the air at 8 o'clock. You can catch it back up. But this gives you a chance to kind of disengage a little bit, kind of have a different conversation. Sit back, relax, and let's bring Monday in with a smile because – some of you aren't going to work in the morning, and my thoughts and prayers are with you guys. Some of you are working from home. But for the ladies and the gentlemen and everybody working in the grocery stores and the convenience stores and all these places that we didn't really realize how important they were, guess what? We appreciate you. For the teachers who are putting in the hours and the energy, and we understand moms and dads, they're giving you a lot of work to get your kids. Just like your kids aren't used to homeschooled, well, they're not used to homeschool teaching. Okay, this is a process. We have to work together, but I'm going to encourage you to encourage your young students. Just turn in something. This system work itself out, but if they don't try it, they won't. If they don't apply it, it won't get counted. It's just that simple. If you don't try to swing the bat, you'll never hit the ball. So just get them to do something. Get them to turn something in. Uh, we do have Everett Sands coming on here in the top of the uh, 7 o'clock hour. He's one of the coaches over at Coastal Carolina with the Shawnee Clears. He's also part of the West 
uh, Foundation over there. That is a youth program, a mentorship, if you will, up on the Grand Strand. We're going to partner with him this year if they give us the lift, and we're allowed to go out and socialize. But, you know, through all the tough always comes some good. And, and I don't want to get into preaching here on the show here tonight, but I'm going to tell you this. And I said this on a Facebook Live thing earlier this week. I went out and just kind of looked around, and I thought to myself as I was running through my neighborhood, and I'm, I'm doing good, by the way. I'm going to challenge you guys. Follow us at SO Sports Central and keep us up to date if you're running with me. But I'm running four miles a day, 300 to 500 crunches and push-ups. So come on in and, and, and check in with me. You can follow me at Richie Altman on, on Twitter as well. Let me know what you're doing if you're working out with me. But I got all the way because I did eight miles on Friday because I joined the F3 group. And, uh, man, I was up to 24 miles in one week. And, boy, I tell you, you told me that in February or January, I'd have told you that's a lie. But uh, you're just getting after it. But while I'm running through my neighborhood, you're seeing families reconnect. You're seeing things happen that normally don't happen. You heard the soccer team coach said, hey, man, it's cool we're not practicing right now. We're not playing right now. He's the second coach, by the way, that's been on here and said it's not really that bad a deal. These kids are going to get a workout. They're going to get stuff. But what they're going to find out is what their kids are doing right now. And that's what I was kind of getting in with you, Eugene, as far as, you know, kids shouldn't wait for direction from you, especially if they're juniors and seniors. They've been popping up and, and dropping down and doing these drills. You can do these in your backyard. You can do these things at any time. And, again, I know you're going to take up for your kickers because that's the kind of person you are. But it's not a slang. It's you. It's, a, it, it's, it's the truth to everybody. And we are up against the break. So uh, let's do this. we got to get Coach Sands set up. If you want to call in, you want to hang out, we have another hour to go. We've got a couple more guests going to join us. The number to call in is 323-784-9681. Hour one, we had a high school coach. Hour two, we start off with a college coach. And then to end it all, we have a national, uh, I would say, uh, producer on Sirius XM College Sports who does about four or five shows. He produces them. So we're going to get a college conversation going as well. Which college? Which college? Coach is Coastal Carolina. Carolina. Now, the Coastal Carolina, that's Coach Sands that's going to come in here. So we're going to do this. We'll take a break. We'll come right back. You're listening to Southern Sports Central Live right here on Block Talk Radio. Southern Sports Central Live on Facebook. We'll be right back, guys. Street lights on the highway Throwing shadows in the dark
Okay, welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Elman alongside the coach, Coach Eugene Benton. He's one of the special teams coaches over there at Oceanside during the offseason. He hangs out with me here on Southern Sports Central Sunday evenings, live right here on Blog Talk Radio, Facebook. Of course, you can find us on Twitter at SO Sports Central. Now, without further ado, I bring in a good buddy of mine who's from my hometown up there in the Grand Strand area. He went to that arch rival Conway High School, then traveled to the Citadel, found his way to NC State, went to South Carolina to coach there, and then, of course, uh, did some time over there at uh, University of Texas, San Antonio, and here he goes back home to Coastal Carolina, where he's one of the coaches there. Without further ado, I bring in Everett Sands. Coach, uh, welcome to Southern Sports Central again, buddy. Let's see. Well, Can Coach, you, uh, you know, we got it. Yeah, we got you. Go ahead, buddy. Okay, just want to make sure everybody's staying safe, you know, doing that social distancing thing, and uh, which, of course, is tough because I'm a people person, so it's uh, a little tough right now. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was actually uh, – well, I was at Somerville a couple of weeks ago. They had their uh, their big, huge track meet. I don't know if you remember when you were recruiting uh, Darren Smalls, uh, the defensive back that you ended mm-hmm. up giving a scholarship to. Me and you actually went there that Saturday to watch their big uh, track meet with about 45 to 50 uh, schools that were there. And uh, what a great way. It's kind of a little combine for a college football coach. I didn't even realize that until I was looking this weekend or a couple weekends ago when they had it. And I looked and I said, I get it. Now I get why you guys show up here because you've got tons of schools there and all their football players, most of the good ones are running track right now. So it's kind of an opportunity for you to kind of watch them, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, you notice most – well, if, if you look, a lot of the football players we encourage them to run track and do other sports, really. But track is definitely one that, that most most players we try to get into. Coach, let me ask you a couple of things, uh, and we're going to get into your foundation as well. Of course, uh, you're the founder and uh, the big man when it comes to West Foundation. It's the, uh, the Foster's Inclusion by uh, Promoting Excellence in Sports, Academics, Life Leadership Skills, Community Engagement, and service to all we'll talk about that here before we get you off the air because i want to give that some love because that to me is as big as anything that you do coach that's that right there is closest to our heart as well but to stay with the, yeah, the, the, the things that are going on right now with the uh, football course at coastal and you guys are shut down uh you know have you ever imagined something like this happening because we talk about track the season looks like it's going to be over with they haven't officially announced it yet but Man, I mean, do they have enough time? Are they going to bring the kids back? It doesn't look like it. But as a college football coach, what advice would you give to a high school kid that's in track that, that maybe they were looking or football or baseball or, or anything that this, this kind of season ended quickly and kind of abruptly? Well, you know, NCAA is trying to figure out what they're going to do um, for those spring sports uh, because, you know, part of the, the issue is if you bring – the seniors back, so I was talking about the college seniors, then what are you going to do with the freshmen that's coming in? Um, because, again, scholarships is not an unlimited budget. There is a budget there. Um, but for those high schools, you just got to do whatever you can to stay in shape, um, stay in contact with the coaches that have been recruiting you, and just see how the chips fly. This is unprecedented. And I've never been through anything like this in my lifetime um, and I think most of the coaches that are still coaching haven't dealt with anything like this. So this is something that's different. And uh, it's interesting to see how it's going to be handled. Live right now with a uh, longtime uh, contributor here to Southern Sports Central at many schools. We've had him uh, join us from his days at South Carolina with the Gamecocks. 
Then he traveled to uh, University of Texas, San Antonio. Now he's back home in our backyard up there in Myrtle Beach at Coastal. Uh, Coach, when you look at this thing and, and you put everything, I guess, in another perspective, there's this thing called, of course, the transfer portal. Now, nothing's happening. Let's talk about that real quick. If you've got a young man that's playing football at another college and he said he wants to come to, well, we'll say Coastal, well, how does that work out? What does he need to be doing right now? Because his goal was to finish the spring out at his college that he's currently at and then join the portal to get in there with you guys come August and September, or should he get in there earlier? But, again, I guess that portal's closed when schools are closed, right? I mean, it's, it's, everything's at a standstill right now. Um, there are some high school seniors that are committing or guys that are going to be seniors next fall that are committing. Um, but besides that, I mean, recruiting is almost on hold. Um, you're still trying to reach out to guys, but we don't know. Because, again, this spring is a huge time for those juniors because you get opportunity to see them uh, run track, as we were talking about earlier, get a chance to see them practice. Um, but you're not going to have that this year. So it's almost going to be solely off of junior tape, and I think it would be less offers, less junior offers this year, and a lot of guys are going to have to rely on their senior season. And then the question is, are we going to play in the, in the fall? I mean, there's so many unknowns right now. Right. Usually I would have blocked you when you said that because that's that blasphemy. You, you, we, we don't talk like that, Coach, on this show. It's not that kind of show. we got small kids listening. <laughs> Kirk Kirkfrey said that, man, and I tell you, I retweeted it. Man, it was like sneezing on aisle three at the Bilo the other day, man. I thought I was going to get jumped. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Man, that, that's a true fact, though. I mean, you know, when they canceled the College World Series, I don't know if everybody else was on alarm, but you being a college coach, me playing in college as well, and but in, in doing what we do here in, in, in the radio business, we realized real quick, man, this is a lot bigger deal than, than people realize. And here they are roaming up on the Grand Strand on the beaches and down here on Folly Beach. I'm thinking, man, it's it's a little bit of a big deal. But where do you think the timeline is if we don't go back to what would be somewhat normal? That meaning that kids are in the classrooms or what have you, is is there a certain day that you may think if it's not figured out by July, you're thinking this thing could slide all the way back and let's not start the season and that would do away with non-conference football games? I mean, what's your take well, on it from just an outside looking in? Well, again, first of all, um, you got to think of the kids because a lot of kids right now that's in college, what are they doing to work out? They unless they got a home gym, they gyms are pretty much closed. Um, so unless they got a home gym, they're doing push ups, air squats, pushing cars, doing this, that, and other. But I mean it's no real workout right now. So even once you get that green light to go back, you legitimately gotta give six to eight weeks just to get those kids back in shape to be able to play. Um, just to make sure they don't get injured. Because you can't just throw them back out there because, you know, right now football is a year-round training. I mean, you know, you're in the season. You usually got a couple weeks off in December, a week or so off in January, and then you're back to training again. And then you get a couple weeks off there in May. But for most part, year-round, these guys are training. And now you're looking at possibly four, five, six months with them not doing any real training. You know, as far as with the certified strength coach, so it's going to be yeah, some yeah. time there to make sure that they can get back out there and, and you know not hurt themselves. 
Yes, sir. Uh, Coach Andy, this is Coach Benton here. You know, one of the things you brought up with the uh, the kids training on their own and doing air squats, this, that, and the other. You know, one thing that I, I've thought about, and I'm sure you guys have too, is injuries. You know, these guys aren't working. Right. They're not able to work with a certified strength. I mean, I've toured your facilities. They're amazing. You know, one of your uh, strength coaches is a guy here locally from Stratford. And, you know, we, we toured those facilities, know what those guys do. There's a whole staff that looks after these guys for every single lift. And them having to do it on their own, man, I, I fear injury. I fear not doing it the right way, you know, developing bad habits. I mean, you know, stuff that you got to retrain. Like you said, six to eight weeks, right. that's just to get back up to normal lifting, plus maybe retrain some bad habits. Because when you're standing at a, at a bench, you may not see something that a certified guy or, you know, or a certified trainer standing there watching. You know, and, and that's, that's legitimately like, you know, we're looking at this going – now, there could be some injuries or, or, or some, you know, major issues because of the lack of certified people looking over, trained professionals doing their job. Yep, exactly. And then, you know, the other part of that is, and that's only if guys have access to a gym, which, again, most gyms are closed right now, right? Right, so exactly. They have a home gym. And I would bitch to say that 85 90% of these kids don't have a home gym. No. So it's it's even bigger than just doing it wrong. They're not doing anything. Hmm. What about on the other side, Coach, when you when you look at it? And this is a conversation I had with a parent yesterday at another school. They reached out to me. I went over and made a house call and had this conversation with the parents. What, what right now, let's say this is a junior that's getting ready to become a senior next year. He's part of this new 2020 class or 2021, actually. Uh, you know, what do these guys need to be doing right now? Okay, that's number one. And then number two, your coach, I know you have a certain area that you recruit. I know you have a certain group of kids that you watch. How much social media right now you think these kids are being tempted to get out there? Because to them, they feel like it's a summer break now. Because at this point, you know, they're not going to class. They're having to do everything at home. It is very easy to hit that send button. And you and I have been sitting in a, in, in a lunch together, matter of fact, over here in Somerville one time, just talking about life and football, and a kid put something on social media, and you kind of showed me, and I'm thinking, ouch. How big is that right now, and yeah. is that a concern that you should have right now if you're a parent, a coach, or a player, to make sure that just because nobody's around you doesn't mean anybody's not watching you, Coach? Well, a big thing is, in this day and time, we're all connected all the time. Um, and I'm sure that this extra time, these kids are on social media even more so than they were before. Um, and they've got to make sure that they understand that once you hit post or send or, or tweet, that it's there forever. So you've got to make sure that you're smart about what you're sending out because you might delete it, but if somebody wants to find it bad enough, they can find it. And what's going to happen is not just from a recruiting standpoint, but 10 years down the road when you get ready to look for a job, they're going to go back and look at what you did social media-wise, and that might come up and hinder you from getting a job. So kids got to make sure they're smart and, uh, because that will affect not just the recruiting but their life down the road. Live right now with uh, one of the coaches over at Coastal Carolina, the Shauna Clears. He played his high school days right there at that same area. The field was turned a little different. It was called the graveyard, as that's where Conway <laughs> played their days, Coach. And that's always been fun when I get to go back. And you and I actually got a chance to catch up this past uh, year over one of your games. I believe you guys have brought in Georgia State for that weekend. And uh, always a lot of fun. And actually, Eugene, you were there that weekend. So that was kind of a small world. 
But uh, that being said, let's turn it a little bit into some of the other things that you do up there on the Grand Strand. This is why I love you being back home because you take it personal. I take it personal. We had the new head coach over there, Ben Hampton, who played, by the way, Coast of Carolina. So it's kind of a shining clear kind of day here on the radio show. But uh, he's now the new head coach of Atsakasi. We're excited to have him there as well. But you now, of course, uh, are the founder of the West Foundation. Uh, I love what you do with these kids. And, and, and now if this ban is released and we're able to get back to the new normal, because it will never go back to what it was, I don't think. But when that happens, we're, we're all on board with you. But, but talk to us a little bit about this foundation and, and, and what's going on. Some good news. I know I saw a post where you guys have, uh, I believe, um, a new partner for the, for the programs and things like that going on in 2020. But tell us about the partnerships. Tell us about what's going on. What's it all about? How can people contribute? And uh, where are you guys kind of going from now with everything going on? Right. Well, the, the West Foundation, you know, our biggest goal is we want kids to understand that they can be successful without being a professional athlete. Because um, as you know, it's less than 1% of college seniors get an opportunity to play professionally. So we want to make sure that they understand that they can be successful. That starts with education. Now, that education might be a collegiate education. It might be a trade. But some type of education may help them be successful. So we want to do different things. And our major event, um, which right now is scheduled for June 27th, is we have a free football and cheerleading camp. And what I do is I get guys that, some that played with me, but mostly guys that played for me at the Citadel, University of South Carolina, Ohio University, um, NC State, Elon. I've yet to get anybody to come out from Texas, but I'm working on that. Um, but get them to come out and be the coaches. So that gives the kids an opportunity to see young men that are successful, some of them played professionally, and some of them were professional in other things besides athletics. But it gives them an opportunity to see them and say, hey, I can do that as well. But what we've done this past year is we started expanding into what we call Success Beyond Athletics, and that's our different life skill seminars. In the fall, we had one on uh, social media, just talk about the, the pros and cons of social media. We actually had to cancel our next one on March 20th. The plan was to have a basketball clinic, uh, and then after the basketball clinic, we were going to do a seminar on, on mental wellness, mental wellness, excuse me. And the topic of that was how mental wellness affects athletic performance because Here's something that, that I think is very true. If you're never mentally prepared, you can never be physically prepared. So that mental wellness piece is definitely big in athletics. Um, we're looking to do some, something in financial literacy. We want to do something in etiquette. Uh, we're going to do something with dealing with police officers. Um, and everything that we do is free for the kids. And we just want, we don't want price to be an issue with, with uh, them coming and learning and just wanting to get better and, and having that success that we talked about. And one thing that we're going to do this year, we're partnering with, uh, with Carson Cleeks, uh, which is a young man uh, that – here's his story. He's playing football for the first time um, in middle school, and they went to go – him and his mom went to go buy cleats. And mom looked at the price of the cleats and was like, golly, this is how much cleats cost? And the young man was like, well, Mom, what do kids do that can't afford to buy cleats? And that's something that's, that's profound, especially for a 12- or 13-year-old. 
Because here's something that you might not know. What What do you think the average age is that a kid retires from athletics? Hmm, let me think. Probably 18. I bet you it's, it's 17, 18. I bet you it's 16. Huh? It's 16, 16, about 15 or 16, Coach, because I think there's a huge jump from 14 to 16 and who makes it from the, the high school to who makes it from their little league field, Coach. Ten and a half. Oh, wow. I was way off. <laughs> I'm really proud of my kid. That's even better. Over on that one, <laughs> yeah. And see, now, and here's the thing. Part of it is, and there's a big disparity between your your lower economic kids and your higher economic kids. Because to play two sports, they guesstimate cost about $1,300, $1,400 a year right. yeah. to play two sports. Mm. And a lot of families can't afford that. And getting those cliques is one thing there. So what we're going to do is this year for our camp, we're going to give everybody a pair of cliques. Uh, wow. So That's awesome. They're going to be cleats or they're going to be lightly used cleats. And uh, so we're going to be able to give everybody a pair of cleats, and I, I think that's that's great. Uh, that is that's great. one less thing that those those parents and that families have to worry about. Wow, that's awesome! But, uh, I'm telling really you, and they are free because they're not paying for them. So whether they're used or not, that's that's a load off the parents' backbone exactly. right there, Coach. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So we we're excited about what we're doing. You know, every year we've expanded a little bit, and and we we're looking to do more and more year round. Right. Um, you know, just so you can have a, a more of an impact on, on those kids here in Ori County. Now, you also do a golf tournament, if I'm not mistaken, and that's coming. Is that? Yep. Is that I know that's probably on the back burner. That's well, usually in April or May, exactly. isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, the right. plan was to have it on April April 4th, but, of course, with everything that's going on, we had to push it back. Uh, we have not rescheduled it yet, uh, okay. but we would definitely, once we get that date and get a feel of when everything's going to break, um, we're still going to have that golf tournament. We definitely love to get everybody out and come on out because that is going to be our major fundraiser. Sure. And we're going to come out and do a show for you, too, that day. Okay, that'd be great. That'd be great. So, hey, Coach James. Uh, you know, Coach Benton here again. Um, quick question. Have you guys talked about – I know the scheduling has been thrown off. Have you guys talked about the schedule change with the camps and things like that going in June, July – you know, is there like a, a moving date? Because, and, and a follow-up question on that is I planned or had planned to bring five of my guys um, because they had we had developed a great relationship with Coach Baldus, who's now at Florida State, um, and I know my guys are listening in. So could you give us some insight, maybe a little bit of info on maybe who's taking over for Coach Baldus? The, uh, <clears throat> what's going to happen is it's going to be sort of split up. Uh, amongst the staff, um, but uh, but as far as camps, we don't have a clue because we don't know when we're gonna get back on campus or, or have anything. So everything is up in the air right now. That's good, and and that's kind of what we thought. You know, we've been following Twitter and things like that, and you know, even from high school, even I, I guess the NFL. I saw something earlier. Somebody was just tweeting out saying that. You know, the, the, the college football season is now possibly in danger because of testing and not being able to get everyone in America tested in time and, you know, with there being a, a window of uncertainty. And But, um, yeah, my kids today, they were out working out, and they were like, well, you know, Coach Sands is on there. You know, could, could you ask about camp? Because they really enjoyed coming up and kicking at the uh, coastal field on that, you know, kickers love AstroTurf. 
um, you know, and th- those boys loved it. You know, they knew that um, when Richie and I were there with some kids, you know, back for the Georgia State game, and they got to see you and shake hands, and you know, they they saw you were coming on the show, so they were, you know, coach, ask him, you know, ask him about who's taking over for Coach Baldus, and you know, to, because right. to them, high school kids, they already had a relationship, and now they don't have a guy. So, you know, that was mm-hmm. that was kind of the thing. They wanted me to reach out and ask you about that. Right, right. Yeah, but it should just be sort of split up amongst the staff. So, And, you know, the crazy thing is we don't have any clue what the timeline was like. Um, mm-hmm. We know, I, I think you can say with confidence, it's definitely not going to be in April, um, especially with the two weeks. You know, that they want everybody quarantined, you know, once you have any type of contact or anything. So I think the earliest you're going to be looking at something is May, June, and that's that's very optimistic. So it's it's up in the air. I mean, we just nobody has a clue. And I don't think uh, until the next couple of weeks pass by, hopefully we have a better idea then. Well, Coach, one thing I do want to say uh, on behalf of myself at Southern Sports Central and all the players, the coaches, and, and everything across the board, the time that you guys give in, because they only see you on Saturdays and, and they know what you do, but for guys like me and Coach Benton and a lot of our coaches, man, I, I mean, really, there are no days off for you guys up until now. This is probably the first time that you've spent this much time at, at home with your family, and I know you're a big godly man and you're a family man, so this has been Kind of a blessing, if you will. You've heard a lot of head coaches have come on this show. We just had Coach Hampton. He said the same thing. He said, Richie, while we wish we were with our kids, we're actually spending time with our own kids. And I think that's a blessing for God, and, and, and you guys are making the most of it. And, you know, sometimes God's just going to put a pause on us, right? And, and we just got to get the universe mm-hmm. back in order, get the things back in line. And it's kind of weird, man. You know, a lot of introductions had to be happening at homes again. You know, you have to meet your wife again, and you're, you're getting to know your kids again. And, you know, I said this over here where I, where I live at near the studio – you know, I'm running through the neighborhood, and I'm seeing families walking together. I mean, I haven't seen mm-hmm. this a month ago, and it's because they've been on electronics all day long that when 5 o'clock hits, they, they just want to get out the house. Well, they can't go anywhere because moms and dads are, are trying to keep them, you know, together. But, you know, through everything tough comes some good stuff. So that's kind of one of my philosophies right now is if you, you see some bad stuff, God's going to turn it around and, and turn that into something big. And we talk about mustard seeds and things like that in church. So, you're kind of living it for the first time ever. And, you know, you, you, you ever thought in, in the years that we've been on this earth there, Coach, that everybody, not only here in the United States, but around the world, is dealing with the same exact mm-hmm. issue. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, it is crazy. <clears throat> but uh, I definitely enjoy spending the time with my family, even though I'm ready to get out and spread my wings <laughs> a little bit and go see somebody else too. <laughs> And we're not going to say they're not ready for you to go. <laughs> they're not, they might be the same way, you know. <laughs> well, we're excited for you, man. Um, I know Coach wants to say, you, want, you got one more thing you want to ask, Coach, real quick? Yeah, Coach, I, I was curious about what you guys are doing for a recruiting standpoint right now. You guys aren't able to get out and do spring evaluations, which are huge, you know, especially for the rising junior, you know, even senior class. <laughs> what are you guys doing to make up for that? Like I said, I think that uh, what's going to happen with a lot of these kids um, is their senior year is going to be huge uh, because of the fact. And who knows what kind of uh, adjustments the NCAA is going to make once you're able to start getting back out. You know, will they allow you to go out in the summertime since that's when everybody got to try to get ready? I don't know. You don't. You don't have a clue. So like I said, this is an unprecedented time. 
and and it's more just trying to stay in contact with the guys that you know you want to recruit. Um, but of course, there's guys that you're not sure about, and you want to get out and see and learn more about. And it's tough because you're not going to have the opportunity to do that this spring. So it's it's going to be a tough situation, and I think the fall is going to be huge for a lot of kids. And that's going to help some kids that didn't have a great junior year to go out and have a great senior year, and they, there's going to be some kids that get some looks that they wouldn't have ordinarily gotten looks. Well, Coach, uh, one final thing uh, that I know that you've recruited the state of South Carolina well, and uh, just your assessment, because we are not the great, we're not the biggest state in the country when you look at all the other size states, but per capita, what state, the state of South Carolina has put into the NFL has been just crazy. I mean, per capita, I think we lead the way in players being inside the NFL, uh, and it may have gone back from first to third, but overall, when you've been in Texas, you've seen Florida, Georgia, you've seen a lot of lines. Give me something positive, man, because there was somebody from uh, another area, and I'm not going to I'm not going to allow them out. That said that this class coming up in 2021 is just they're not there. But coach, I'm seeing a lot of kids; they're just not staying home. A lot of kids are going to Georgia State. A lot of them are going to colleges outside. So if they're good enough for the colleges on the outside, well, they got to be good enough for the colleges on the inside, coach. So I guess uh, one final thing is just kind of give me your thoughts and opinions of the talent that we hold within the Palmetto State, real quick. Well, I think. You know, of course, I'm a little biased, but I think there's some great football here in South Carolina. And, and again, there's going to be more numbers in a Georgia, going to be more numbers in a Florida, there could be more numbers in a, in a uh, Texas. But but I think if you take our best and just go against them, I think we're going to be able to stand toe-to-toe with them. Because um, I think it is, you know, we've got a lot of great high school coaches here, and they, they, they do a great job, and there's a lot of great – just raw talent here in South Carolina. So, um, you know, the big thing is <clears throat> we're finding them. And I think this situation this year is going to make it a little bit more interesting because, as I said, stated earlier, you're not going to have the spring practice. You're not going to have the track to see them run. Um, so there's going to be a lot of emphasis put on the fall. Right. And – I think there's going to be some guys that rise to the top. And as always, I think South Carolina will put out some top-notch kids. I totally agree with you 110%. So if you had this this final thing, and it's like I tell a lot of these athletes, number one, keep your huddle account up to date. Keep it current. Get your top five plays up there, number one. Number two, you know, don't make it a, a, a puzzle when these coaches are trying to find you on Twitter. Uh, he too fast. Well, he don't know who he too fast is. Put your first and last name on there, right? Uh, you know, that's exactly. one of the things exactly. here. And, I, and I'm just kind of getting some, some questions from you because I do get these questions. You know, I call you and you always answer the phone no matter the time off the air as well because I want these kids to go to the next level. I want these kids to understand. And there's a lot of mamas out here raising these boys and daddies out here that don't know. They don't know the process. They don't understand. You can't take a soda. You can't do certain things. I mean, it wasn't what it was. And it's going to even get tougher now with what we've seen with this transition. But make yourself mm-hmm. available and understand that, that – there's just too many avenues for you guys to go find some people. So athletes, they got to do the right thing on and off the field. Yep. And that is they should be preparing today. And don't try to get too creative with these screen names because it's not cute. Yeah, they definitely – usually one of the first ways that, that coaches get in contact with kids is Twitter, Instagram. You know, most of the kids are on Facebook. But some type of social media is usually right. how you first contact um, so it is easier when you got your first last name in there so we can find you. 
Um, another thing just about on the on the highlight videos, be smart with your highlight videos. First of all, a 15-minute highlight video is not going to get watched in its entirety. It's not. You know, four to six minutes is probably ideal. And it is always best to have something that catches their eye in the beginning. If you just go, like, through the – I've seen some guys that just do it throughout the season. And, you know, you can see how they get better throughout the season. But some guys aren't going to get all the way to the end of the tape. So you got to get something to make them say, ooh, early in the tape. And then, you know, just sort of intermingle it in between. Um, but four to six minutes is definitely long, you know, long enough. You know, much longer than that, you know, coach is going to turn it off. You, you usually got an idea by that time anyway, uh, whether the kid can play for you or not. So you don't want to go too long. At the same note, you don't want a one-minute or a two-minute highlight tape either. That's probably going to be three or four plays. You want a little bit more than that. Uh, so that four to six minutes is probably the ideal range. And like I said, do something, have something on there early that will catch everybody's eye. Well, Coach, without further ado, I want to say thank you again for everything you do on and off the field, your relationship with me, of course. Uh, growing up in our backyard together up there on the Grand Strand, it's funny, man. We can mess with each other, but we don't let a whole lot of people come within our lines. And, you know, Hunter Spivey's over here with us in Somerville. And, of course, we got uh, Chris, um, who's uh, our special teams coach at Somerville as well, Chris Collins. He's a Myrtle Beach guy. And you would have never thought you'd have a soccer see a Myrtle Beach and a Conway guy working together. But, boy, I tell you what, magic's happening uh, at some level. Of course, uh, you know, you've got Joe that was over at Somerville. You know, he's a Citadel guy. you got, of course, the defensive coordinator over there, Coach Self, and then the yeah, offensive Aaron lineman. Self. Yeah, the offensive yep. lineman also is a, uh, is a is a former yep. Citadel guy, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, as well. So, Coach Nesbitt. Yep. Yep. So, two of them played, played for me and one of them played with me. <laughs> and I tell these kids all the time, man, it is a small, small world. It's like that Disney ride down there oh, in Orlando, yeah. man. So be careful what you do. Be careful where you go because yep. somebody knows you. If they don't, they know somebody that knows you. That knows you. So, um, again, coming up June 27th, this is tentative. You're hoping to have the, uh, the big camp over there that you guys do with the West Foundation. You'll, of course, uh, football cheerleader camp. You'll give out some free cleats. There'll be a lot of opportunity. Uh, we're going to keep them up to date on the golf tournament. That's coming up as soon as we can get the all clear and safe. Again, exactly. you know, being it safe there. But we are, I'm committing to you right now uh, here on the 29th of uh, March. I'm going to come up. We'll do a radio show. I don't know how much you trust me golfing, even though I grew up in Myrtle Beach, man. I'm more of a putt-putt guy. Uh, you know, if you want to do some stuff over there, there's wacky, you know, whack-a-mole or something. I'm in. But other than that, I'll drive yeah. a golf cart around and, and throw some T-shirts or something for you. But. Um, I will be there. There you go. So I appreciate you, buddy. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. Well, I appreciate you having me on. And, uh, again, as everybody, make sure you pay attention to the social distancing. Wash your hands regularly. And uh, just everybody stay safe. Amen. God bless you and your family, buddy. We'll see you soon. All right. God bless. Take care. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Coach Everett Sands. You won't find one of the best on the business there, man. He is a very very good guy on and off the field. And, and and the thing that I love about Coach Sands is that, you know, he and I got a chance to, to, to kind of get to know each other during his days at South Carolina. I knew who he was at Conway because I grew up around the corner. I knew who he was at, the, at, at of course, the Citadel. But, I mean, he is a, a God-fearing man, and he's a family man. And that's, that's the kind of coach you want in your program. That's the kind of guy you want your kid around. And um, if you ever get a chance to get to Coastal, make sure you find him. You'll be glad you did. We got a break coming up next. We're going to try to get in here with T. Shuck. He is one of the producers over at Sirius XM College Sports. He's an Alabama guy, but we'll talk about the tide. We'll talk about 
college football and a little bit about what Coach Sands just mentioned. Is it to be or not to be? College football not being played? Ooh, blasphemy. We'll be right back. You're listening to Southern Sports Central Live right here on Blog Talk Radio. a bit of a break from the norm just a little something to break the monotony of all that hardcore dance that has gotten to be a little bit out of control it's cool to dance but what about a groove that soothes and moves romance give me a soft subtle mix and if it ain't broke then don't try to fix it and think of the summers of the past adjust the bass and let the alpine blast pop in my cd and let me run around and put your car on cruise and lay back because it's summertime But back then I didn't really know what it was But now I see what happened is The way that people respond to summer madness The weather is hot and girls are dressing less And checking out the fellas to tell them who's best Riding around in your Jeep or your Benzos Or in your Nissan sitting on Lorenzo's Back in Philly we be out in the park A place called the Plateau is where everybody goes Guys out hunting and girls doing likewise Honking at the honey in front of you with the light eyes she turn around to see what you beeping at. It's like the summer's a natural aphrodisiac. And with a penny pad, I compose this rhyme to hit you and to get you equipped for the summertime.
Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich. I'm alongside Eugene Benton. He's the coach over at Oceanside for special teams, doing special things. He's uh, he's one of the best at the business there. We're excited to have him here in studio on air with us as we always try to bring a different avenue uh, with different areas of things. And, again, I say this all the time. We're just excited uh, to get guys in here and, and have guys, you know, come in, call in, be a part of what we do. Of course, we started off in hour number one with the new head coach over there, uh, Mr. Ben Hampton. Uh, he is the new Sockasee High School new head football coach, comes out of the state of North Carolina, was one of the originals on the football team at Coastal Carolina for Coach uh, David Bennett back in 2002. What you do, my man? It's all about being like a dog and not like a cat. Not like he's, a cat on the porch, he's, boy. He's barking. He's <laughs> on the bark on the beach, and uh, we'll see what he can do for Sockasee. My alumni, of course, Hunter Renfro's alumni, and a few other big names as well. Of course, uh, Hunter Illing, a former quarterback, a former baseball player. Now he's a pitcher. Over there at uh, Charleston Southern doing big things. Gerald Shepard played at Sockestee, and then he transferred back up here after two years, and he's finished at Oceanside. But his family uh, bloodline runs through the uh, Sockestee High School hallways. Trust and believe me, Oceanside. And I love you, but I'm just telling you, that's how it works out. Now, that being said, we also have uh, another young man that's at uh, Tennessee, and that, of course, uh, is Kenny Solomon, who is not only a great football player, nobody offered him a scholarship here in the state of South Carolina, big-time-wise. And all of a sudden, here comes Mr. Pruitt, says, come on down and let's play over here in ball country. And he's doing it big-time. He's got some interceptions. He is killing it, and uh, real proud of him. And I can tell you this, uh, it was uh, Somerville, uh, excuse me, it was South Carolina's loss of uh, the state by letting him get out of our state, which... That's a conversation we're going to have because we're waiting on Pishuk to join us, and he may or may not be able to get in. Because, again, you know, this is weird times. I understand it. Go ahead. And that was the thing about with uh, Kenny's uh, track time. You know, my son Gerald ran track with him. Right. And I remember when he went down to the University of Central Florida, and everyone in college football, everyone in high school football, they think speed, they think Florida. And he won at University of Central Florida. He set a record. He set a record. He set a record. Exactly. He set a record. speed time, and it wasn't probably a week after that. Right. D1 after D1 after D1 offer. And, and Central Florida was the first offer because he was there. And after that point, it just it exploded. I mean, here was a kid who was kind of, you know, at, at a team that won like maybe two, three high school right. games. They were getting pounded, you know. But that speed, speed kills. Speed In kills. college and NFL, that's. That's why when you go to the combine, what is one of the first things they test? Your 40 times. That's it. Exactly. And he had the 40 times. When he, when he won the fastest man at University of Central Florida in Orlando, that sent shockwaves. Right. And it, well, he set the record. I mean, he, yeah. he, he blew it off the map. And, and, I, you know, and the one thing that I do, and I take a lot of pride in this, and let me go ahead and segue this real quick. For you college athletes, for you former athletes at your high schools, you know, go back. Be a part of it. Just go watch a game. You have no idea the presence you have in that, in that stadium or in that locker room or on that football field at practice. Come back and be a part of it. Watch it. Here, I graduated back in 1997. I still go back to a game a year. And when I go back, I see my former high school baseball coach, which I, I mentioned is Hunter Renfro's dad, Coach Renfro, uh, who helped raise me, right? He was one of, one of my many coaches there on the campus there that held me accountable, wouldn't let me have facial hair. The hat wasn't made to be worn backwards because if so, then God would have built it backwards. But wouldn't have sideburns below our earlobes. I mean, it was serious business. And so when I go back, it, it's a reunion for me. And, and I love every bit of going back. And to see these athletes go to college and not come home and go back to Kenny Solomon. He's back at Sockasee. Every time I turn around, he may have on that Tennessee boy, that bright orange jacket and those pants that uh, he is proud to have on. And he should because he's earned it. 
but he goes back into that community. He goes back and gives into what community raised him because I don't care who you are, where you come from. Everybody had to have somebody help them get to the next level, wherever you are, at your job, at school, at practice, somebody played a part in your life that got you to where you needed to be at. So that being said, I'm not sure. I think we got a special guest because it doesn't look like P-Shuck's going to join us, but I'm going to say this could be Ken Law, former University of South Carolina running back who's entering the draft, who also was picked up and drug all the way up to Wisconsin where he didn't realize that they got cold weather on that side of the world. But uh, Caleb, is that you, buddy? Yeah, this is me. How's it going? Good, buddy. What's up with you, man? I uh, I saw you active on social media. Of course, I send you a little hot shot, and this is what we just talked about, man. Guys like you are going to go big places on and off the field because it takes, what, 30 seconds for you to just to reply, and here you are. But uh, first of all, how proud am I of you, man? you come through multiple injuries. You know, yes, you've sir. done more than people have no idea how far you've come with how much you've had to deal with. And uh, you are now, of course, uh, entering this draft coming up. And, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. I want to get your thoughts on it. And it's a little different this year than normal, as everything right. is this time of year. But um, you're a Goose Creek guy. Boy, the Gators look good this past year with Manny McQuamu and a bunch of really great athletes over there. And this new coaching staff has done some big things. Of course, uh, you know, we, we talked to the former coach that you played for as well a lot here on the radio. But that being said, uh, for those who are listening, introduce yourself a little bit. Of course, we know you played at South Carolina. You were one of the many great running backs there in the backfield for the Gamecocks. But it didn't start at South Carolina. It started actually at Wisconsin. And uh, did you realize that it actually gets below <laughs> zero? <laughs> I had no idea, honestly. Um, but, yeah, I went up there for uh, two years. Um I had a red shirt in the first year, uh, had a coaching staff change, and I decided to um, transfer. Um, ended up transferring. I went to JUCO for a semester to avoid the uh, NCAA rule. Um, mm-hmm. I was in Mississippi, South Mississippi, and then I went from there to South Carolina. Now with Caleb Kinlaw, who's uh, looking at entering the draft. It is the 2020 draft, a little bit different. You and I actually got a chance to catch up with Marcus Lattimore here in Somerville. You were – uh, they're doing a camp, which I can't tell you, man, it was so nice to see you. I hadn't seen you in a while, and, uh, you know, here you are all grown up, man. You know, that's the cool part of what I do is I watch you guys come up from Little League to Big League, but now you're going to go big time. Just don't forget about it. But, um, you know, how exciting <laughs> is it, man? This is – hey, this is what you've worked for, man. This is why you sweat, you, right. you, you cried, I'm sure. We all did playing sports, man. It's not easy. And to come over every injury you've had to come over and all the criticism, right? I mean, that's just – that's life. When you're good, people just – criticize you because they don't know any better but you know you've overcome all of that man you've come back home and done great right. things and your speed is just as good as it was when you walked out of that it's, it's better than it was when you left Goose Creek quite frankly <laughs> tell us a little bit I watched you the other day well about two months ago at summer but I watched you run around and I was thinking man that kid can still get it <laughs> um I mean of course it's been a, a process um especially just from going you know being on top and you feeling like things are going to just go uphill and then you you just hit a lot of these obstacles and you know you get down to the bottom and then you have to find a way to climb yourself out um you know it's, it's been a journey but i mean i enjoyed it nonetheless um i'm thankful for the opportunity alone um you know just even with those injuries you know i, I learned a lot about myself um they tested my faith in god and they definitely strengthened that um but you know going into the draft you know i didn't get the playing time that i wanted of course you know i had to fight through those injuries but even to be able to come back and recover from everything, um, you know, train and be able to run the time that I ran and be able to perform the way that I performed, 
you know, after going through all of that is just a blessing in disguise, you know. And then along with me, you know, being hurt uh, allowed me to see things from a different perspective. So, you know, now I'm just thankful for the whole the whole journey. Live right now with Caleb Kenlaw, who, of course, uh, played his high school days here at Goose Creek High School, then went up to Wisconsin where he was a Badger for a while and suffered some injuries and got through it, went a couple of stops, and then lands at South Carolina back home here in the great Palmetto State. Played with a lot of great ballers, by the way. You've played with some players. And uh, we were just talking about uh, actually uh, Debo Samuel and his ability to be a receiver, this, that, and the other. But I think you and I were, were kind of briefly talking about it. But that guy, he's an athlete, man. He, he's, he's so much more than, than I think what you even see on the field. Tell us about some of the guys that you've played with uh, in your college rim that, that you kind of look back and go, two or three guys, if you will, that you go back and look at and go, man, that, that guy was, that was a baller. Wow. Um, I've actually played with a lot of guys. Uh, um, but if I had to pick probably a couple, I would start, you know, in Wisconsin with Melvin Gordon, of course. Um, a lot of people see, you know, how good he was. And, you know, with me being there, me being so young, and seeing his work ethic and seeing the, the little things that he would do, you know, I didn't really pay as much attention to it when I was there. But then as I started getting older and looking back on it, you know, you see why he's as good as he is. Um, another guy I would probably um, mention would be, uh, you know, Alex Erickson, which was a receiver at Wisconsin. Um, he was really, really under the radar type of guy. Um, he's, I think pretty sure he's still with the Bengals. Um, but, you know, he didn't get a whole lot of publicity. Um, but he was probably one of the hardest working guys that I that I saw that just didn't have a whole lot of he wasn't like the most athletic guy. Of course he was athletic, you know, to play football of course, but there were plenty of other guys in the draft that were way more athletic than him. But I he had a really, really good work ethic and a knowledge of the game and just he was a technician when it came to playing receiver. Um and funny thing in practice, you know, I played corner for a couple of weeks when I was in Wisconsin and just a lot of things that he was doing, you know, I I would never want to guard him. <laughs> because he was just such a technician when it came to playing receiver. Um, and then, of course, you know, Debo at, at Carolina. Um, Debo's always been good. Um, we, are, we all knew he was going to be good. Um, and then the fact that playing with him in the Shrine Bowl and then seeing him continue to grow and get better and better each year that he was in college, you know, that's a true testament to just how hard he worked and how he was so consistently trying to just be the best he could be. And, you know, now it's paying off. Right now with Caleb Kenlaw, of course, uh, he's played his final days in college, but now it's the next chapter. It's going to be uh, the one he'll write in the NFL, of course, as he enters the draft now and all that. Uh, we're talking about that here in just a minute. But before we get into the NFL draft part of the conversation, man, class that you graduated with, holy moly, was that class loaded nationally, not just here in the state of South Carolina. Remember, you and I talked about the quarterbacks, the running backs, the receivers. I mean, dear God, right. I don't think we've had a class like that ever that I can remember there, Caleb, your thoughts. And, and you and I were talking about that over there at the camp that day that you and I were over there. Uh, talk a little bit about that. And, and you also had to go against some of those guys when it comes to getting offers and that kind of stuff, which, again, I don't think we've seen a class like that nationally in quite some time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I would argue that that's probably the best class in the last decade, just all across the board. Um, it's a lot of guys that – even I, me being in the class didn't realize that we're in that class. Like even with like guys like Chris Godwin, um, Rashad Penny, um, there was so many guys, Jamal Adams, all those guys were in that class. And like, I didn't even realize that at the time. And then now looking back at, it, I was like, yeah, you know, those guys were came out at the same time as me. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's nice to be able to say that, you know, I was a part of that class and to you know be in the mix with those guys, you know, 
and now I have my shot to, you know, be where a lot of them are. All right, so let's get in the conversation, man. It's now, of course, the draft. We've had a chance uh, off the air to talk to Darren uh, Smalls, who played at – he also played at, at uh, up there at uh, South Carolina. He graduated from Somerville, and he's finished his days actually over there at Charleston Southern. I'm sure you're, you're, you're familiar with Darren as well. But both of you guys enter in the draft kind of a different way, though, if you will, uh, because of the way that it is. Uh, what are you guys being told? Is it send your film in? I, again, I, I'm not quite as up-to-date on this as you are, of course. But uh, what is the mm-hmm. process? And this is an unprecedented NFL draft, man. You guys will definitely be a, a conversation that's going to happen for a long time with all the new <laughs> rules and just kind of the standstill we have going on right now in the world. Um, you know, if I'm going to be honest with you, nobody really knows anything. <laughs> that's probably not the answer you want to hear. But right <laughs> no, now, that's fine. to be honest, nobody really – they don't really know anything. Um, you know, there's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of, you know – they, what people think should happen, opinions. Um, the only thing we know for sure, well, the only thing I know for sure is the fact that they, they plan on continuing to have the draft and they're going to do use a different format. Um, when it came to the pro days, um, those who didn't have their pro days, um, it just be, kind of became a circulating idea that, you know, because we can't have the pro days right now, we don't know what's going to happen, if they're going to try to do a regional combine or whatever the case may be, just to be prepared. You know, a lot of guys ended up having, like, virtual pro days. And so we have everything timed, and then we um, film it and then send the film to all 32 teams. So that's kind of been the thing that a lot of guys have been doing to combat everything that's going on. Right now with the former running back at Goose Creek, he played at Wisconsin, and he currently finished up his career in college at the University of South Carolina, uh, Caleb Kinlaw, of course, part of uh, a lot of great things here in the community. And for you to come back and go on to the field at Somerville, I mean, that was a big rival back in your day in high school. And who would have thought <laughs> years ago, right, you were going to come back and, and run a camp uh, with Marcus Lattimore, of course, uh, who also played at South Carolina, but he had his days up at Burns. But um, kind of tell us a bit about that, man. Did, what did you learn? What did you, what did you get to, you know, be a part of? And, and I don't know how much you know about that program that Marcus does, but you want you have anything you want to kind of share about that, how you guys are able to dial into these communities around the area and bring these kids in and teach them a little bit about the game of football? Um, I don't know a whole lot um, about the foundation, but, um, you know, me and Marcus have a pretty close relationship. He's like, a, he's, he grew to be a big brother to me, you know, me being at Carolina, um, just took me under his wing. He kind of take, he will take anyone under his wing. Um, Marcus is just like that. Um, you know, when he was talking to me and he brought up the opportunity and asked if I would like to join in on some of the camps. So I joined in on a couple of the camps, you know, just to, to help him out. Um, and just to be able to see things from a, a different view, um, cause with our talks, you know, he's always told me, you know, he felt like I would be a great coach if I ever decided I didn't want to play football or my time was up. And, you know, just being able to see things from a, I guess, more of a coaching standpoint with even if it's little kids, it's just a different side of the ball. So right. I, I enjoy the experience. It's definitely something that I'll um, remember. And I'm thankful, you know, for Marcus, you know, just allowing me to come out there because he could ask anybody, but, you know, he asked me. So I appreciate sure. it. And it was- it was exciting to see. I walked out there, and, and of course, here you standing about the 50-yard line, and I was thinking, man, I hadn't seen this guy in forever. It was, it was nice to catch up with you. You've been on the show a bunch, man. I mean, we've literally, here at Southern Sports Central, we've watched you grow up. You, yourself and Tramel Terry, right. and of course, the other Ken Law that's, you know, he's also going to join the draft. Your, former, your teammate uh, up there at South Carolina, the other gentleman from Goose Creek, but there's just so much tradition at Goose Creek, and I don't know if Goose Creek gets the love uh, we were just talking about Brandon Shell off the air when we were at a commercial break. There's so many great athletes that have come through your program over there. 
and, uh, you know, great coaches that have come out of your program, and I think they're still go as well. And big shout-out to uh, Malcolm Howard, who's the coach on our staff. He was a Shrine linebacker, played at Furman, one of my best friends, love that guy, also a Goose Creek alumni. Uh, we scheduled Goose Creek. Do you know that, Caleb, uh, for Oceanside, uh, we are week one or week zero, I guess, in South Carolina. And uh, as soon as the contracts were signed, Coach Greer texted Coach Malcolm in the group chat and said, hey, guess who we're playing? We're at Goose Creek. And he said, I'm going to go get a deer stand and put it on the post <laughs> outside the stadium. You know, he, he didn't want to play. You know, I mean, everybody wants to play their alma mater, but, you know, because at Oceanside we played mine twice. Sure. And you, you want to win the game as a coach because you you want your team to win. But right. you know that you used to be on that sideline over there. Yeah. So it's 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 a very weird feeling, really. Yeah, but losing's awful. I mean, at the end of the day, man, it matters yeah. the jersey you got on. Caleb, man, I don't I don't want to keep you, but I do want to get you in here. We're going to start doing some Wednesday shows and, and things like that. And I get you. Are you back home now? I mean, I guess uh, before I get you out of here, are, are you home until further notice, or are they kind of locking you down and quarantining yourself as well? Um, I, I've still been training, <laughs> but for the most part, yeah, I am quarantined. Um, I haven't been going out, but I'm in Columbia still training um, wherever I can yeah. until, you know, they shut everything down, I guess. Right. Well, but, um, I'm just as long as you're safe and safe, sound, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, sir. So let's do this. We'll stay in touch. Uh, I'm definitely going to keep in touch with you because I want to get you back in here. And, and, and you're kind of my, you know, it, the fun thing that I love about this, and, and we had, of course, um, you know, we got a chance to follow Bryce Nyler Williams before he committed to the Gamecocks. He was the linebacker, of course, there. And, uh, you know, he came on and, and kind of went through the process. And then he became kind of that guy, the eyes and ears. And I'd love for you to be that guy for us here during the draft and kind of give us that experience, give the parents the experience. And there's some lessons that I'm going to lean on you, man, because you're a lot closer to this group coming out of high school and some of the things that they're not doing that they need to be doing because we're against the clock here. We don't have time. But I do want to, since we have some downtime and you guys are kind of paused a little bit for somewhat, right, uh, I'd like to get you in here maybe next Sunday and let's talk about it and let's teach these young athletes what they need to be doing right now. Even though they are not supposed to do things as a school, there's things as an individual, like you're doing right now yourself, that you don't have a coach sitting there yelling at you. You know what you need to do, right? Right. Yes, sir. So enjoy the rest of your Sunday. God bless you, buddy. As always, we're here for you. You know my number. Reach out if you need anything. If not, you know, I'll reach out to you as well, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Hey, my pleasure. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Caleb Kinlaw. That guy is awesome. Just period awesome. I walked out on the football field at Somerville, number one, to see a Goose Creek Gator running a camp at Somerville, or anybody that runs it outside. You know, it, it's always kind of like, oh, well, here we go. But he is such a down-to-earth guy. He gives Marcus a, a ton of credit, and he should because Marcus is a great guy, but he himself is, is the same. I mean, he's the kind of guy that I would, you know, say, hey, man, I'm going to leave my kid here, teach him. Do what you got to do. I'll be back and get them, you know, because there's some guys you and I both know that you're like, eh, I don't know, man. Uh, I'll be over here. Caleb has done a great job, and, and, and the town of, of Goose Creek ought to be proud of him. Uh, I know we're proud of him here at Southern Sports Central just to watch and see what he's been able to do. has been amazing, and, and he's part of the family here. You know, he's now part of that process, and uh, we are working because here's the fun part. While there are nobody uh, or nobody's really getting into so many gyms and workouts, they're available. So I have an opportunity, and I've had coaches, college coaches, that have answered me back during the show that we're going to start getting some college coaches in here. We're going to get some football players in here. We're going to have some different things going on because we have that opportunity right now because, finally, they're not traveling. 
you heard Coach Sands going, man, I'm ready to go. Well, I bet the fan might be ready for you to go, too, by the way, because of the fact that they're not used to you being around as much. You know, I joked around about it. Uh, you know, uh, some guys down the street from the house yesterday, or it might have been this morning, I said, man, there's going to be a lot of, lot of activity in about nine months, man. You know, either there'll be a lot of babies made or be a lot of conversations about divorce court. But either way, there's going to be some transition and happening uh, in, in nine months, and that's a joke. But that being said, the one thing I'm going to tell you is, is this. Take advantage of this downtime. Take advantage of it. I've had my youngest son, Mason, with me for the last couple of days, and it's a lot of fun to have that little guy around me and, and, and to spend that quality time with him. And I've had a chance to actually check on these guys a lot more than I have in the past uh, because they're home more, because it's able to track them down. It's able to get around them. Um, you know, and, and, and don't take that stuff for granted. The final two things I'm going to say before we get off the air is this. When Kobe Bryant passed away, it woke up, it woke up every father in the world. Girl, dad, hashtag. Right. Every dad was awake, awoke, was told, boom, take credit, take love, take interest, do what you do, but love on that little girl because there's no relationship better than a father-daughter. Kobe Bryant taught us that. That was a preparation for God to get us ready. I said I wasn't going to do church, but I got to finish with something strong. Okay, man. Speak from your heart. That's it. So at the end of the day, now God said, guys, okay, I got you on check with your daughters. Now go introduce yourself to the rest of the family. Ah. I said it there. At the end of the day. When it's all said and done, these kids are tired of being in the electronics. I never thought – that's like me saying I get tired of talking. It happens. But for a child to walk up to you and say, I don't want to look at that phone. I don't want to be on my computer. And they walk with their parents in the neighborhood, that's, yeah. that's some, huge. Some of, the, some of the craziest things you see the memes out there with uh, pre-corona where everybody, dad, mom, both kids are sitting on the couch, sitting at the table, whatever, all on their phones. Right. And it says, now, post-quarantine. Everybody's out riding a bike, riding a skateboard, walking, walking through the park, doing something. Mm-hmm. Blessing in disguise, brother. And, and that's not to minimize anyone who's gotten sick, right. hurt, financially hurt, whatever. It's just that, you know, there are a lot of different ways to look at this thing. Positive, right. negative, both. Look at it 360 degrees. Amen to that, guys. On behalf of all of us here at Southern Sports Center, I'm Richie Altman. That is Coach Eugene Bitton. I want to thank our coach that came on with us. Of course, we had two of them. We had Ben Harper, Ben Hampton, excuse me, from Sockacy, the new head ball coach. Everett Sands from the West Foundation. He is also one of the coaches over there at Coastal. Caleb Kinlaw joined us as well. He is entering the NFL draft in 2020. Ran the ball for the Gators over at Goose Creek. He played his ball at Wisconsin. He finished up at South Carolina. And, of course, we're going to do this Wednesday night. Breaking news. We'll see you Wednesday night, guys. 6 p.m. sharp right here on Block Talk Radio. This is Southern Sports Central. God bless. Take care. Stay safe. Wash your hands. We'll see you next time. And dot that saloon just to smoke. Love. Listening to music at the Maya Ruins. True devotion on the bluest ocean. Cruise. My cultural influence even revolution. I'm integrated vertically, y'all. Blow it. They tell me hustle, dumb and down, you might confuse me. It's like that weirdo rap you choose to. I'm an urban legend. South Central in the third section. Can't express how I curb the tactics. Justice, evidence of a divine presence. Bless it. Held me down at times I seem reckless. Effort. Got an L, but got an E for effort. Stress it. Dropped them off in the Mojave Desert. They left me. Ain't no answer to it.